Oh, oh, oh. 
like the Lord. He sits alone, unchallenged. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the first and the last. He is the beginning. <laughs> he is the end. And he has no end. In Jesus' name, we worship the King of Kings. I am so grateful when I look back over my life and I see all the goodness that the Lord has poured into it. I have a heart of praise. If he never did another thing, he's already done so much for me. I could not tell you everything. But we worship him and give him praise because we know he's not finished yet. Oh! 
for their strength, pray for their health, their well-being, pray for them and, and their family, that God will keep them safe, protect them. Also, let's remember our missionaries, North American missionaries, global missionaries. Let's pray for the tears, brother and sister Tia and Andersons. Let's pray for them. Let's pray for brother and sister Bonilla and their ministry and the work that they are doing in the Lord, that God will continue to bless them, increase them in all of their ways. Amen. And uh, also, let's continue to remember the harvest. Pray for the laborers, the harvest. Amen. That God will continue to give us a harvest, but we need laborers so that we can go out and gather the harvest today. How many, I'm not going to call you up front today, but how many of you need something from the Lord? Amen. We all need something from God. We all need God to do something for us, and there's something we need to do for him. So as you raise your hand, I know God is already working on your behalf and on your request. So let's go together let's, before the Lord for these requests that I just mentioned. And whatever need you have today, we're going to pray that God will meet that need. Let's pray together. Lord God, in the name of Jesus, Lord Jesus, we want to say thank you again for allowing us to come into your presence. Allow us, oh God, to be able to worship you, God, and to honor your name and to give you glory. And, oh, you are worthy, God. You are worthy of all glory, honor, and praise. And God, as we come today, we come in your name. God, in praying, you said in your word that whatever we ask in your name, that you would do. God, as we pray today, we pray for our pastors, brother and sister Rosen. God, we pray a, a covering of protection around them. God, we pray that you will strengthen and encourage them and bless them and keep them in all of their ways. Keep them with good health. And God, we, we revive and renew them. And, oh, God, refresh them and give them fresh anointing and fresh vision so that they can pour into our lives. God, we pray in the name of Jesus this morning, God, for our missionaries. Uh, God, we pray for the Tears and the Anderson and for the work they're doing. And, God, we pray this morning for the Bonilla's and the work that they're doing and how you're using them in ministry, God. Oh, God, we thank you today. Uh, oh, God, we thank you, Lord. Uh, God, we pray for the harvest. Uh, oh, God, there are men and there are women today uh, that need you, God. Uh, God, uh, we pray, God. Uh, oh, we know, God, that there are many that need to hear the gospel being preached. Uh, but, God, we pray that you will begin to draw men and women and yourself. Uh, begin to touch them. Let them know that there is a need for you. Uh, let them know that they can change. Their lives can be changed. Uh, oh, God, today, uh, God, we pray, almighty God, uh, that you see every need in this place. Uh, there is not a need too small, too big, uh, too little that you cannot meet. Uh, my God, I've been begin to pray this morning uh, that you will begin to touch those that are sick. Uh, begin to strengthen those that are weak. Uh, begin to build us up, God. Uh, begin to direct our steps. Uh, lead and guide us in the way that you will have us to go. Uh, we need your anointing. Uh, we need your power. We need your help. Uh, we need your guidance. We need your direction this morning. Uh, Almighty God, uh, oh, we call on you this morning. Uh, oh, we thank you. We thank you. Hallelujah. Give him some thanks this morning, church. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Good morning. It's good to be, be up here. This is my first missions um, presentation for the year, so... I'm excited to be here. I'm feeling kind of chatty, so I'll try to be, be uh, <laughs> more concise here. <laughs> but 
I'm excited. I'm excited about our missions team, the new year. We've got a new, I mean, we've got a new energized feeling on the missions team. Um, We've kind of caught the outreach fever. We are going to start some new programs for outreach programs, and one of the first ones we're going to do is visit nursing homes. Um, Our first one that we're going to do is February the 19th, and we're going to actually go to the nursing home where Sister Byron's mom lives. So we're asking anybody, if you want to come, you're welcome. It's not just for the missions team, but it's an opportunity to... to, um, share the gospel. So if you have any questions or you want some more specific, specific specifics, see Kim Carr or Sally Hornbuckle. Now this morning I have a couple of great testimonies to share with you. But first I want to tell you all how our Christmas for Christ offering ended up. Our offering was over $13,000. That is awesome. That is over $6,000 over our last year's offering, $6,000 more than our last year's offering. So y'all did a great job, and Christmas time is a hard time because there's a lot of things coming at us, but y'all stepped up, and you gave a great offering. Um, I come here once a month to promote missions, to kind of make everybody aware of what God's doing and how your money is being spent. So I kind of try to find stories that will relate to you. Uh, But first of all, there's some new people here. So I I would ask you, what is a missionary? What or who are missionaries? Missionaries are God-called men and women who leave their home to go and minister to a foreign, foreign country. They take only their immediate family. They leave behind their other, they leave their other family. They miss out on birthdays, anniversaries, Christmas. They miss out on all those family events with their family that's here in America. And when they get to where they're going, there's nobody waiting for them. They don't know anyone. They have no church. They don't know the culture. They don't know the language many of the times. They're like miners digging for gold. And that's back-breaking, hard, lonely work that they do. They work hard to see souls for the sole purpose of seeing lost people redeemed and found. Like it was for our pastor when they first came here. It was the same type of thing. But look what he did. So this is our opportunity to, to partner with our, our missionaries, to pray and to fast and financially support them through your missions giving. And because of this, here in America, we are partners with them. We are like proxy missionaries here, not only to our neighbors and our family and our lost loved ones. We're missionaries here, but our offerings make us partners, and we share in the miracles that happen. So speaking of miracles, I have a great miracle to talk to you about. It's from our missionary, Brother Gibbs, in Malawi. And he personally testified and witnessed this miracle. He was in a service. There was a young man preaching. And the preacher said that he believed in the miracles in the Old Testament, I mean, in the 
book of Acts, he believed that those miracles were still alive and working today. He was really emphatic about that. He said that he believed that just like when the shadow of Peter fell on people that were needed healing, they were healed. He believed that that same power was in the service then. So Brother Gibbs, <laughs> this was really funny. Brother Gibbs said that when you give an altar call in Africa, you're practically run over with the people running, rushing to the altar. Wouldn't that be amazing to see something like that in America, that people are rushing to the altar? We don't have to beg them to come. So he said that that service was different. He said that all, nobody responded. Um, nobody moved. Everybody just kind of stood there. And then all of a sudden, in the back of the, of the crowd, he heard a man shouting, I believe, I believe. And he was a man that had one leg. His other leg was withered, and it was so, so withered that his knees were, I mean, his toes were actually touching his kneecap. So he, he was shouting, I believe, and then he started hopping up to the altar. And when he got to the altar and the preacher's shadow crossed over him, his leg immediately was unwithered, immediately. He started hopping on two feet for the first time in his life. Then the Spirit of God starts breaking out all over. People started shouting and worshiping God. And the best thing of all is there were 13 people who were blind, instantly healed. 13 people who were deaf, that some were partially deaf, some were totally deaf, but they were healed. <laughs> Brother Gibbs said that the moment that that man's legs were healed, God spoke to him. And I'm going to quote what he said God said to him. If that crowd would have came to the altar like normal, my glory would have been hid. I wanted everyone to see this miracle and to see my power displayed. It was an amazing thing, but not only that, within the three days of that conference, 177 people received the gift of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> it all started with one man who said, I believe. It happened here, too. Now, we have, I have one more testimony, but I'm going to let her give her own testimony. If you could maybe do something with the light so it's better seen. When we lived in El Salvador, um, I was scared to go because it was a war-torn country. But uh, I, I didn't really imagine it coming close that close to us. But it came to our house, and there were there were gunmen outside of our door. There were bullets, and there was a, a grenade that exploded on our driveway. And shrapnel came through our daughter's bedroom window and went through the bathroom door. We went out after it was over and saw that where the grenade had gone into the driveway had pitted the garage door in front of it but we looked at our she's for christ vehicle and there was not one mark on it anywhere and there was no way with the trajectory of everything that it could have happened naturally but god protected the vehicle and it was just a beautiful sign to us of how he would take care of us when we lived in el salvador 
Praise God. God is still in the healing and deliverance business. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much, Sister Blige. Isn't Sister Blige doing a wonderful job with our missions? Thank you so much. Praise the Lord. I bring you greetings. Isn't it wonderful to be in the house of the Lord on a Sunday morning? If God's been good to you, why don't you put your hands together? Can we just thank him? It may not be the best day, but God is still on the throne. Praise the Lord. And he is here to meet that need this morning. Praise God. I want to welcome all of our guests uh, here to Church of Pentecost on behalf of our pastors, uh, Rick and Alex Olson. Aren't we glad that we have some, some new friends here in the building? Praise God. We would love to, uh, to meet and to greet you, you know, after service. So please uh, don't feel like you got to be in, in a rush. Uh, we do have a guest reception there in the uh, vestibule. We would like to meet and get to, to know you just a little bit better. Amen? Amen? Praise the Lord. I do also bring greetings to my, uh, my Spanish and Portuguese uh, family. Uh, greetings in Jesus' name. Saludos in el nombre de Jesus. I got skill. Y'all think English is easy for us English speakers. You try speaking some Spanish, but I do want to give honor to all of our, our Spanish community. Thank you so much for, uh, for being here. Um, I know you guys knew exactly what I said. My English speakers, they don't know what's going on, but we got it going on. Praise God. I do have a few announcements I would like to share this morning. Aren't we glad that we have our evangelist, brother and sister, uh, Bonilla, uh, with us here this morning. Be with us here this, uh, in our a.m. service as well as in our 6 uh, p.m. service. You don't want to miss that. Um, and I also want to make mention to on Tuesday night, we'll be having focused prayer uh, in, in this building. Is that correct? At 7 p.m. Um, our focus will be on the, the hyphen uh, group, which that is the, uh, the ages, um, that college age uh, dynamic. If you find yourself not in that dynamic, but you still want to come out uh, to pray, uh, we, we'll let you in the building. Absolutely. But we do have the focus on the hyphen group, but everyone is invited to come out and join us here at 7 p.m. on Tuesday for prayer. Amen? Amen. We do have a few other things happening here on campus, so I will direct you to the Church of Pentecost uh, app for more details uh, with that. That's all the announcements that I have this morning. We'll have our ushers to make their way. We can take this morning's offering. Praise the Lord. Isaiah 48 reminds us that thus saith the Lord, thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. He says, I am the Lord thy God, which teacheth thee to profit, which leadeth thee by the way that thou shouldst goeth. So that verse, in essence, is basically telling us, I've taught you how to make money. I've taught you how to profit. I've taught you how to prosper. So this morning, this is our opportunity to give back to the Lord for his blessings, to give back to the Lord for not just monetary, but our time, our space, our health, because we owe everything to him anyway. Amen. So let's go before the Lord in prayer, shall we? Lord, in the name of Jesus, we, we thank you. This time, Lord, we, we thank you for all your goodness and your mercy. You've blessed our homes and you've blessed our families. You've kept our health and our strength. Lord, you brought peace, Lord God, and renewance to our mind. 
Lord God, and we know that your generosity is overflowing and overwhelming to us. And we know that everything that we have is a precious gift from you. So today, as we bring our, our tithes, our offerings to you, Lord, we look to give back a token back to you, Lord, out of the abundance of the blessings that you have bestowed upon us. May our gift this morning be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. In your precious and holy name we pray, in Jesus' name. Can we just shout, if God has been blessing you, can we just shout a voice of praise for all of his goodness? God bless. Every lie and every doubt This is my surrender 
nation break down the walls of all my religion your way is better your way is better shake up the ground of all my
we live so beneath our privilege so many times when we know we have an advocate with the Father that we can go to and he can pour out his mercies on us. We want to live in joy, in the joy of the Lord. I loved that message that um, Brother Urshan preached last week where he talked about the fact that righteousness brings peace, right? When you live in righteousness, peace flows into your life. And then from peace, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And there it is joy to live for the Lord 100% with both feet in and not living on walking on a fence, trying to live with one foot in the world and one foot in the church. You can't do that and be anything but frustrated. But if you will put both feet into the gospel and live for God, you will know peace and joy without end. Worship with us.
be seated. Amen. I just want to again say that we're so glad you're here today. Again, on behalf of our pastor, brother, and sister Rosen, in their absence, we're so glad to have, we're so glad to have brother, evangelist brother Abel and sister Scarlett Bonilla here with us this morning. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise God. You know, we really appreciate brother Abel and sister Scarlett, their ministry. They're here at the Church of Pentecost. They've been coming. They're not a stranger, I mean, for those, for those of you, that's probably your first time. But for those of us who uh, have come to, to know them and love them and appreciate the ministry that God has given them. And we always look forward to having uh, Brother Abel and Sister Scarlett to come and minister to us. So, Brother Abel, won't you come and just let God have his way and whatever you feel in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Are you living in the overflow today? Amen. Are you living in the overflow of his spirit, of his grace, of his mercy? Hallelujah. Are you living in the overflow of his blessings? If you are, why don't you clap your hands to the Lord right now? Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we're living in the overflow, God. We stand today free men. Uh, we stand today holy people who are seeking uh, to serve uh, a holy God. Thank you, Jesus, for your spirit. Thank you, Lord, for your presence in this house. Amen. I am so excited to be here this morning. What an honor it is, amen, to come back to the Church of Pentecost in Jacksonville, Florida. Man, I feel at home. I spoke to my wife and I, her and I were just considering and just talking and, you know, just, I guess, having a conversation. Um, just saying how much we love this church. And, and just, oh man, the warmth, the love of the people, amen. We love your pastors, amen. Brother Rick Olson, his wife precious people, Logan, amen, Elizabeth is somewhere over there, Aaron, Lindsay, amen, hallelujah, family, we love them. Are you thankful for your leadership? Amen, there's so many people here, I, I, I love friends that throughout the year of us coming to visit, we have connected really well with them, amen, and it's such an honor to be here once again with you all. Hallelujah. I'm excited for the Word of God. Are you excited for the Word of God? If you'd like to open your Bible with me in the book of Exodus, chapter 16. Exodus 16, verse 31. I want to honor my pastor who allowed me to be here today with you all. And I like mentioning this everywhere I go. Amen. Being submitted to a man of God is very important. Very important. So if I'm thankful for my shepherd and what he's done, and I'm thankful for your shepherd as well. Exodus 16, verse 31. If you have it, say amen. The word says, and the house of Israel call its name manna. Say with me, manna. And it was like white coriander seed, and the taste of it was like wafers made with, say with me, honey. It was made with honey. 
Numbers 11, chapter 8. Sorry. Numbers 11, verse 8 says, The people went about and gathered it, speaking of manna, grounded in millstones or beat it in the mortar, cooked it in pans, and made cakes of it. And its taste was like the taste of pastry prepared with oil. Say with me, oil. Hallelujah. If you'd like to leave your Bible there by your side and you'd like to close your eyes, lift up your hands one more time. I want to ask you to lift up your voice with me here today. And let's ask the Lord to speak to us. God, I'm thankful for this opportunity, Lord, to be in your presence, to be in the presence of all these people who are seeking your face today. We have come together to worship you. We have come together to lift up the name of Jesus. Lord, we didn't come together to just uh, see one another or have community. No, no, Lord, we came to worship you. And we know, Lord, that there's a word in store for us today. Lord, I ask that your thoughts be my thoughts. I ask that your words be my words. I ask that your desires be my desires here right now. Don't let it be human wisdom speaking, but let the power power of the Holy Ghost, Lord, set upon our hearts. Let it break chains. Let it satisfy the lives of all those who are seeking change in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, church. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Have your way, Lord. Have your way. Have your way. Have your way. You may be seated for a couple of minutes. In the book of Exodus, chapter 14, God had just saved his people from Egypt. Israel was captive for 400 years in Egypt. In order to understand the severity of this, the intensity of the people of God staying in a place where their dreams couldn't be fulfilled, being in a place where, hallelujah, there was no future for them. We need to understand what was Egypt in those days. According to history, in our schools and according to history, the biblical history, Egypt was a powerful nation. Egypt was an advanced civilization. Egypt, hallelujah, had some of the best achievements their achievements are recognized to this day in mathematics or literature, including early paper production. Egypt, according to certain historians, they were practicing brain surgery 3,000 years before what is recorded in science today. Egypt was a powerful nation. Hallelujah. In their architecture, they were perfect the pyramids we see today were something, hallelujah, magnificent, precious, glorious, if I may say. Hallelujah. The Giza pyramids built to endure for ages have done just that. They've been standing up for ages. Egypt was perfect in their warfare. They had strategies in order and techniques in order to win battles. They had the Nile River at their disposal. Hallelujah. It was a great avenue for commerce. Egypt had the best of the best. The best, 
hallelujah, cattle, the best seeds to be planted in the region, Egypt was powerful. On top of all of that, Egypt had a great elaborate religious system. The pagan nature of the land was very evident. Kings were considered to be gods and superstition was common. The people of God were living in a world where they were silenced. They were silenced by the technology. They were silenced by the culture. They were silenced by so many things. Today, the people of God may be submerging, hallelujah, in what we call the world full of sin. But the Lord is here, ready to deliver, ready to set free. Hallelujah. If you find yourself captive in some sort of way, the Spirit of God is in this house to set you free. people of Egypt were great. History tells us that. We see it all over. So the people of God would then begin a journey that seemed impossible. A journey to be set free from captivity. The Bible tells us in several occasions and throughout the scripture in the book of Exodus that so many things happened while the people of God were fleeing Egypt. The Bible says that the people of God saw miracles after miracles. Things happened, hallelujah, around them that were inexplainable. Things that were magnificent. The power of God was evident with the people of God. And the book tells us that during the night there was a column of fire that would bring warmth to the people of God. During the day, there was a cloud that would follow and give shade to the people while they walked in the desert for 40 years. It is the Bible that tells us that through a rock, water flowed out to feed the people of God. You see, God does things in our lives. He does it in such a way where no one can take the credit. I'm going to say that one more time. The Lord does things in our lives, brothers and sisters of Jacksonville, where no one can take the credit. You can't even take the credit. When you see the evident power of God, all you can say is, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. One of the miracles, significant miracles that happen in this journey, in this desert place was manna, was heavenly, was the heavenly food. The Bible says that manna was given every day, every morning. It would come, it would descend and the people would have something to eat in the desert. I know we all know this story, and I'm paraphrasing this story for the sake of the visitors that are in this house. But manna was provided for the people so that they would survive. Something interesting about the manna and what it had, the first verse we read, manna tasted like honey. 
that caught my attention while reading this scripture while trying to understand, hallelujah, what manna was in the, in, 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 in the times of the people of God. The Bible says that manna tasted like honey. And I thought and I said, Lord, what is it about this manna and honey that is so important? And I felt the Lord, hallelujah, reveal some sort of knowledge about what honey meant and means for us today. You see, honey attracts the young. I have a couple nephews, beautiful kids. We were just at a one-year-old birthday party yesterday, and my one-year-old nephew, Valor Vidal, was introduced to cake for the first time. You see, cake has sweetness to it, sugar in it, and honey does as well. Honey has a sort of sweetness. I mean, it's not sort of, it is sweet. My wife loves honey. Oh, man, she can drink that thing. She could just, I don't mean to call her out today, but honey is delicious. Oh, man, when you try it, oh, man, you put that on a cup of tea, you put that on some coffee, oh, my Lord. It takes it to the next level. But honey is something that's introduced oftentimes, and it's something that catches the attention and the taste buds of the younger kids. You see, when you grow up and you have children, you tell them, hey, no more sugar. But for some reason, our children and us as, as growing up, you know, this, this taste of sweetness is always attractive. When we come to the house of God, and you might have felt this, hallelujah, the Bible says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. So you have walked into a house like this, uh, like this church this morning, and you have, you are tasting, and you have tasted of the greatness of God. You have tasted of the mercy of God. You have tasted of the grace of God. You have tasted the love and the forgiveness of God. And you see, this is the honey moments in the presence of God. Oh, it tastes good. Thank you, Jesus. Because I am restored. Thank you, Jesus. Because I can see deliverance. Oh, the Lord is attracting uh, you with honey. He is saying, come uh, to my presence and taste that I am a good God. The honey moments, our beautiful moments, are the moments we experienced. The, the book of First Corinthians, hallelujah, says, And such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. You see, we were sinners. You see, many of us, hallelujah, were, 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 were broken and needed restoration. We were alcoholics and needed cleansing. Hallelujah. We were orphans, but now we have a family. Hallelujah. We were desolated, but today we are refreshed by the Spirit of God. Oh, we were homeless, but He provided a home for you. Someone preach with me this morning. Hallelujah. We were tormented. 
but he gave us a free spirit. He has given us liberation. He has given us clarity of mind. And though we were struggling with our identity, the spirit of God has attracted you. Come on, somebody. But uh, such were some of you. Uh, but you are washed. Uh, but you are cleansed by the power of God. Oh, the honey is good. It's attractive. It catches our taste, spiritual taste buds. And you find yourself today, visitor, coming into a house and you might feel forgotten. You might feel broken. But the honey is in this house. The spirit of the Lord that is beautiful and sweet and precious is in this house wanting to restore you. You don't have to walk out of this place the same way you walked in. You don't have to leave broken. You don't have to leave depressed. You don't have to leave with the anxiety you are carrying in this Sunday morning. No, uh, the Spirit of the Lord is in this house. Uh, and He wants to complete a perfect work in your life. Thank you, Jesus, for the honey. But something happened. Something happened throughout the days of manna. The Bible says that the people of God begin to murmur. The people of God begin to complain. And the honey wasn't enough. The manna that tasted like honey was yesterday's news. The honey was boring. You see, if we're not careful, brothers and sisters, we get used to the honey moments and we get used to the presence of God that when the worship team is singing or when the preacher is preaching, hallelujah, it no longer has an effect in our spirit. Hallelujah. We begin uh, to pick apart the word that is spoken uh, or the things that the leadership is doing. And we begin to complain. Uh, and we begin, you see, when you are hungry, when you stay hungry for the things of God, it doesn't matter what's preached. I mean, it does matter. We preach oneness in this church. But it doesn't matter what you give me. I am hungry. I want more. Preacher, preach to me. Preacher, give me the word like it is. We oftentimes, and I'm guilty of this myself, the honey no longer attracts. I never even introduced my title for this morning sermon. Fresh oil. 
You see, the people begin to murmur. They were tired. Oh, man, the same thing over and over. I get a little, oh, man, that's, 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 that's old news. Yeah, I need something. And God said, I need to do something so that my people can be sustained. You see, you can't live a life just with honey. You can't live a Christian life just with the honey. I, I'm sure, I, I, I hope I'm making sense this morning. I am not for a second discrediting the power of the presence of God that is beautiful and sweet. But I am saying you cannot just live receiving, receiving, consuming, consuming, consuming. No, at some point you need to become a warrior in the spirit and say, all right, God, you have given me honey. But now, Lord, I want oil. Why? Because oil, what it does, I can carry it with me to the streets of this city. The oil God I can take with me and when I lay hands, the anointing that comes to me can flow out of me. I don't know if someone's listening to what I'm saying here today, but you need fresh oil this morning. Yes, I know you came out of a two-week revival and you have heard the word of God, but it is time for this church in 2023 to say, God, thank you for the word, but I am ready to take this word outside. I am ready to step out of my comfort zone. Come on, somebody. Oh, Jesus, the... The fields are white and ready to harvest. I am ready. You see, the Lord had to send oil. Once the honey wasn't enough. What is it about the oil though? We have heard messages. We hear it often. The anointing. Something about the oil that's so interesting to me is that the oil cannot be diluted. You see, when you get some honey and you just live a life of honey, you can be diluted with the things, the ins and outs of this world. The things, hallelujah, that are trending today. And this, oh, come on, somebody. I don't know if I'm speaking to a young person that you've been battling, hallelujah, with the idea of staying, hallelujah, separated and living a life of holiness, hallelujah. But if you just live in the honey moments in the presence of God, you would walk out of this place and everything Anything can shake your ground. But when you get some oil and you begin to receive the oil and you begin to step into an altar like this and begin to cry out to God saying, God, thank you for the word. But Lord, give me the power. Acts 1a says you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses. Oh, I wasn't called to sit in a chair. No, I wasn't called to just come on a Sunday morning. No, no, no. I was called to receive power and empower. Jesus, help us. Help us this morning. Help us this morning, Lord. 
See, the oil doesn't mix. You've made that experiment. You've done that experiment where you put water and oil in the same glass and the oil sits above the water and the oil cannot be diluted. You see, the Lord says, you are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood, a peculiar people. He says, be holy as I am holy. Stay separated. You see, the, the honey can just be diluted. But when you begin to come to a church service like this, and you say, God, thank you for the forgiveness. But, Lord, I am here to be empowered. Lord, I'm coming to an altar, not just to, to take and consume. But, God, would you give me something so precious that I can carry out into the streets of the city. You see, when it's no longer about you. You see, this gospel is not just intended to stay in you. Oh, I, I pray that you are receiving the word that is spoken today. But we come and receive the word. But we need to apply the word. I was so blessed by hearing the testimony of the sister that came up here. And she is speaking about the miracles and the amount of people that were lame and were able to walk and that were blind and were able to see. And I'm thankful to hear about these miracles. Hallelujah. But I believe that in the last days we shall do greater things than these, says the Lord. So this shouldn't be something where it's just, oh, it's a shock. No, no, no. I know that. I live that. I see that every day. Oh, when I see the lame walk in the street, I am empowered to step out of my seat, to step out of my vehicle to step out of come on somebody we are empowered to see miracles signs and wonders wherever I go goodness and mercy shall follow me wherever I move miracles signs and wonders shall follow them that believe it shall follow you Oh, man, I know that this generation is about to see it's seen 45 with the Holy Ghost two weeks ago. That is revival. We're not waiting on revival. No, 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 no. Revival is already here. It's amongst us. It's here. You are seeing it. I get a little weary hearing. It's coming. It's coming. I was called to be empowered. My Lord, not even on my notes. For such, for some of you, the Lord gives us the oil. The oil has several interesting properties. Olive oil in particular. Now, I had to run this by my wife before I brought it up here with you. Uh, she's a nurse, so she knows a little bit about a little bit more about the oil and the properties, or or the benefits of it, I guess, uh, and the effects that it has in the body. But the benefits of consuming olive oil, um, it is an ally in weight loss. 
Now don't go home. Don't go home and start chugging the olive oil. Oh, the preacher said I was going to lose. No, 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 no. Let's just clear that up right now. But the oil is an ally in weight loss. You see, the oil, when you are in the presence of God, you are living in the anointing. You are living in the purpose. The things that once you, that, that you were carrying. It's just weight that it comes off. It rubs off. The offenses you were carrying. Somebody, when you come and look for the anointing of the presence of God, it can't stick. Those insults can't stick anymore. The pain, ah, come on, somebody. The infidelity, the infidelity, no, no, no. How uh, the the heartbreak. Oh, it doesn't stick like it used to, know, because it's weight that's being lost. Uh, the things, hallelujah, that you're not intended to carry begin to come off. And you begin, uh, hallelujah, to live uh, a healthy lifestyle in the presence of God. And you are no longer corrupted with the things that were corruptible. No, 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 you no longer partake of the things that you used to partake of. Why? Because the anointing begins to lose the weight. an ally for weight loss. It improves digestion, prevents gastritis and ulcers, protects the liver. But something that caught my attention about this oil is that it takes care of the heart. You understand that it's not just the oil, but, you know, you got to do a couple other things in order to stay healthy, right? For the purpose of this message today, the oil takes care of the heart, has properties that helps take care of your heart. If we're going to see the last day revival, our hearts ought to be protected. And I'm going to linger here for a little bit because... I feel this very strong. Hallelujah. I've been, I've been dealing with a couple of things throughout the past year. And, and I don't want to make mention for the sake of the testimony of some of the, this person, I guess. But a person that knows what it is to live in the house of God. That knows what it is to stay in the presence of God. That knows what it is, hallelujah, to, to, to receive the power of the oil of the Holy Ghost. And a person that grew up knowing this. He calls me last year. And was struggling with homosexuality. Now just, just bear for me with, for a second. A person I grew up with in altar calls youth camps. Know very well. Oh man. Talents. He had talents to give. Talents. Music. So many things that the Lord has was doing through him. And then he calls me on the phone crying. 
Abel. I've been struggling with this for years. It's been a decade. And he was giving himself into that lifestyle. And the church was no longer being effective. And the messages were no longer being effective. Why? Because he was not protecting his heart. You see, he was coming and disposing of the oil, but he wasn't containing the oil. You see, in the book of of Matthew, the Bible speaks about the ten uh, virgins. Five were were wise, and five of them were foolish. And five of them were maintaining their oil. They were keeping the fire burning while the others forgot. You see, this is what I felt the Lord tell me. He said, Abel, the problem isn't that we don't know where the oil is. We know where the power is. We know that it is in the name of Jesus. We know where we can find the oil. And it's at a place, at an altar, just like this one. Abel, the problem is that we don't keep it burning. Oh, we can, we know where it's at, but we don't go and get it. We know where the spirit is, hallelujah, but I won't even take the time to go and receive something. Oh, I know, I know, I know. And sometimes we know so much, we don't do anything. But this Sunday morning, I know that the church, the hallelujah of Pentecost, it is ready. This church is ready. This church has been preparing. This church has been living in revival. But let me tell you something. We are going to see an outpour of revival over this city, over the Spanish community, over every street and every corner and every job site and every school. Hallelujah. We are going to see the last day revival. Someone believe it with me. Why don't you lift up your hands and why don't you shout, God, I need fresh oil. God, I need fresh oil. You see, if you don't look for this oil, you are sensitive. You are moldable. younger I had a sibling my lord he was uh, my older sibling loved God we were raised to love God we were raised to always live hallelujah and give our best to the kingdom of God since a very young age these things were installed in me I remember there came a point where My older brother was struggling in his spirit and was wrestling with some things in his life that were hindering his growth, was hindering the purpose of God in his life. I remember distinctly several nights where I would go to bed and it was a normal night for me. But on the other side of the room, my brother was struggling. My brother was dealing with things he didn't want to go to church anymore. We were raised to be in church, and he just was didn't want to do anything with church anymore. 
I remember he would not show up to church on Sundays. He would barely, he moved out and moved with a friend. And he wasn't trying to go to church anymore. He was trying to live just in the world and just fulfill the desires of his flesh. And, and I remember it was painful for the family. It was painful for all of us. But for my mother, this was an opportunity to stay in a corner and cry. But for my mother, this was an opportunity to go find the oil. And I remember my mama several nights, and I might have shared this testimony already, but I remember my mama several nights, she would walk into our room, Brother Cole, and she would come in with tears in her eyes. And I remember she would walk in, and you could hear her steps were heavy. You could hear, hallelujah, how she would approach our bed and she would begin to pray and take oil from the kitchen and she would begin to pray for our feet and she would begin to pray for our, in our foreheads. She would place her hand in our heads and she would begin to speak in tongues and she would begin to intercede for her children and for the future of her children. She would then begin to pray for my older brother and I will remember several nights waking Waking up at 2 or 3 in the morning while everyone was resting, mama was warring in the spirit. While everybody was just trying to close her eyes, mama, hallelujah, her spirit was awake. And she was saying, God, I will not allow the world, I will not allow the enemy to take away the promises that you have given me. You see, some of us today, parents, young people, we need to learn how to access the oil. We need to learn how to step out, hallelujah, and begin to worship and begin to pray until something happens. Oh, somebody begin to worship him right now. Oh, there's a spirit. Of, the spirit of God is right here. Woo. There's oil flowing in this house right now. Why don't you access that right now? Through your prayer. Oh, there's oil in this house. You're tired of living the way you're living? Come on. I invite you. Come on. The oil is in this altar. Oh, you want to change your lifestyle? Come on. The power of God is in this altar. Oh, to whosoever will listen. This is the word of God. Come on, somebody. It's time for you to become a warrior, not just a consumer. Come on, somebody. Step out of your seat and begin to say, God, I want the oil. God, I want the power. God, I want the power. That's it. That's it. Come on, that's a special anointing. Young person, you want to be used by God. You got to access the oil. You got to sacrifice. There's something about the oil. It needs to be crushed. It needs to be in a mortar. It needs to be, hallelujah, pressed upon so many things in order to release the substance. There is substance in your life. There's anointing in your life that God wants to use. Uh, hallelujah. Why don't you just say, God, 
God, God, I want the oil. God, give me fresh oil. Come on, Mama. You're a prayer away uh, from seeing your husband come back into the church. You are a prayer away uh, from seeing your son delivered. You are a prayer away. Uh, hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Why don't you just press in the Holy Ghost? There's oil. There's power. When you walk out of this place, you are going to walk out, hallelujah, empowered. And when you begin to speak, uh, things will come to existence. You'll begin to prophesy, and the lame uh, will begin to walk. Uh. be 